Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey everyone, I'm Jacqueline Johnson, the founder and CEO of Create and Cultivate, and this is Work Party, a podcast for a new generation of women who are ditching the rulebook and redefining the meaning of work on their own terms. In each episode, we bring in leading female entrepreneurs for real talk advice on the topics that matter most to the modern career woman from hiring to mentorship to raising money and so much more. Whether you're pivoting to a new industry, negotiating a raise, turning your side hustle into a full-time gig, or pitching your company to investors, we're giving you the tips and tricks you need to take your career to the next level. Ready to make some money moves? Well, welcome to Work Party, the podcast. What's up, ladies? Do you have a burning career question? Well, we've got answers. Backed by popular demand is our listener Q&A segment. Maybe you're looking for a business partner and don't know where to start, or you're eager to ask your boss for a promotion and need to know how to approach the conversation. Whatever the career questions, slide into my DMs anytime at Work Party or at Jacqueline R. Johnson, and I'll give you the best advice on air. Today's episode has a bunch of awesome questions from listeners. So I will go to the first one from Amanda. What's up, Amanda? How do you hire smart, efficiently, and financially? Well, Amanda, here is the pro tip. Hiring is the hardest part of the job. It is really, really challenging to find amazing talent that fits your company culture as well as nails the job they're trying to do and that is effective cost-wise for your business. However, it's possible. So I would say when you're looking to hire, be super prescriptive in the job descriptions you're putting out down to the very specific task of what you want this person to do. The more specific, the better, because it'll always come back to the JD or the job description when it comes to hiring. The other thing I would say is put some real talk stuff in this JD in terms of what the company is like. For us, I know that we have in a lot of our job descriptions, fast paced work environment, self-starters do really well at this company, which is true. And we want to obviously set up our employees for success. So I think that's really important is to be as truthful about the type of company and the type of work and the type of environment and how you sort of get the work done. Cause you obviously don't want to bring in someone that's not going to succeed in that position. 
Financially, I think it's really important to do the market research on the pay ranges for the type of positions you're looking for. In this kind of startup world, there's a lot of inflation in titles where a lot of times people who maybe have two to three years of experience are all of a sudden a director or senior director. That happens a lot in the startup world. However, the salaries don't necessarily match up with the title and it can get really messy down the line. So I think it's really important to be smart about the titles that you're putting out there and do the research on the salary ranges for those positions in your city. Fairy God Boss has a great directory to check out and they have jobs and salary ranges and all sorts of things like that. So that would be my recommendation, but good luck and Godspeed on your hiring process. It is definitely very challenging. Question number two comes from Olivia. How can I grow listenership on my podcast? Well, Olivia, Next time, plug your podcast and I'll say your podcast on air and maybe that would help with listenership as well. But I would say when it comes to podcasts, there are a few things you can do to increase your listenership. One is exchange podcast episodes. If you have an interview style podcast, for instance, with other people who have podcasts that are similar or have like-minded audiences and co-promote each other's podcasts to your communities, that can oftentimes increase listenership. The other thing I would say is that reviews and ratings are really important. So definitely motivate your current listeners to leave reviews and ratings that can definitely increase your viewership when it comes to being on different platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and things like that. And also I would say have a unique perspective on your podcast. I think there's a lot of podcasts, obviously in the same way that there's a lot of Instagram accounts. So I think being really strategic about what your podcast is and what people can expect to get out of it and being consistent in that as well. Question number three, Dania. My BFF and I just started a podcast. Shout out at Northern Lights Podcast. See, Dania did it right. And want to know your tips for launching successful podcasts. So kind of similar to Olivia's question. I think for successful podcasts, and you know, obviously it all comes down to listens or downloads. So I think having a really strategic plan to promote your episodes is also really important, whether it's through social media or an email newsletter or having your guests promote, just getting it out there is so, so, so important. What we do at work party, which I'm sure you have seen if you follow us on at work party on Instagram, each of our episodes really has kind of a three prong approach to promotion. So we do a newsletter where you can subscribe and click and learn more about the podcast. We also do a corresponding blog post for each podcast episode where we recap and have show notes and all sorts of awesome things. We also promote on Instagram and Instagram stories, making it really easy for our guests to be able to share and spread the message of all things work party. So I think being really smart about the way you distribute your episodes is really important. And if you're looking to be part of a network, just building up, you know, listeners and that viewership and that email list and all those things and really presenting that package is really important as well. But keep at it. Podcasts are a long game for sure. And yeah, keep doing your thing. Hey, Work Party listeners, let's take a pause from today's episode to get candid about everyone's favorite TMI topic, birth control. I've primarily experimented with hormonal options, and to be honest, my experience has been less than positive. Hormonal birth control is just not for me. So I devoted a few years to testing out different brands and methods, but I realized there's a serious lack of hormone-free prescription options out there. Women deserve more when it comes to birth control. 
Over the last two decades, there have been very few advancements in women's birth control options until now. I'm so excited to let you know there is a new hormone-free birth control option that's FDA approved and available now. It's called Fexi, and it's a combination of lactic acid, citric acid, and potassium bitartrate. Fexi is a first-of-its-kind hormone-free, female-controlled, on-demand prescription birth control vaginal gel. It works by maintaining the vagina's pH level to prevent pregnancy. Fexi comes in a small applicator, kind of like a tampon, and it is so easy to use. You have to remember that it's only effective when used before sex and must be applied again before each act of vaginal sex. Luckily, it works immediately and can be used on demand up to an hour before sex. So go ahead and add it to your pre-sex routine. Remember, one dose, one hour, one act. The best part is you can get a prescription for Fexi and get it delivered right to your door without leaving your home office or taking tons of time out of your busy day. We get our groceries and our dry cleaning delivered. Why not our birth control too? You can always go through your own doctor and set an appointment with them. Or the Fexi website can connect you directly to a telehealth platform where you can talk to a doctor. And if Fexi is right for you, you can get a prescription seamlessly and rapidly without having to wait for an appointment. While Fexi could be a great option for many women, it isn't right for everyone. Like those with a history of repeated urinary tract infections. And as with any new birth control, be sure to check for any ingredient in Fexi you or your partner may be allergic to. Additionally, Fexi doesn't protect against STIs. Fexi gives us contraceptive control on our terms. That's why I'm so excited. It's one more option to empower women when it comes to contraceptive and reproductive choices. To learn more about Fexi, ask your healthcare provider to see if you are a good candidate and visit Fexi.com for complete product information and to get a prescription directly from a telehealth platform. That's Fexi, P-H-E-X-X-I.com. Question four is from Rachel. I have an entrepreneurial spirit, but I haven't figured out the business I want to launch yet. Any advice? This is a tricky one. When it comes to being an entrepreneur, you have to be passionate about the business you start. Otherwise, you'll go insane. Um, you'll spend so much time building your business, working on your business, being at your office. I mean, I guess not this year, but you get what I'm saying. It becomes your life. So if you don't love what you're doing, you might as well tap out. But if you aren't sure still what you're passionate about, what you're excited about, dabble. Just dabble in a lot of different things. Do a lot of research in different markets. What excites you? But most importantly, look for the white space. Figure out something that doesn't exist yet that you might need, your friends might need, your friends of friends might need or want and go down that path. So with Create and Cultivate, I was a female entrepreneur, a millennial female entrepreneur working on my first business and went online to find things that looked, felt or spoke to me as a young female founder for business advice. And it didn't exist. Hence why Create and Cultivate was born. I needed something. I wanted something. It didn't exist. Therefore, I created it. So thinking about something in that way is so, so important. The alt to that is, I would say, seeing someone doing something and thinking I could do it better and do it quicker and faster and better and more profitably, whatever it might be. So that's why you see a lot of companies pop up around existing trends, for instance, mattresses. So, I mean, I guess it was like three or four years ago, direct to consumer mattresses blew up and now there's 4,000 mattress companies. Same thing with like an Uber, you had Lyft, you had Sidecar, you had all these things launched, obviously not all of them survived, but thinking about and seeing a trend and saying, 
can I get to market quicker? Can I be better? Can I be cheaper? And thinking about it that way. So those are the two lanes I think for entrepreneurship you should really lean into and think about what your, you know, what your strengths are, what you're good at, where your knowledge base lies. Some people call it your zone of genius and thinking about where you can best lend yourself, but definitely being in love with what you're doing is so important because it does take over a large, large chunk of your life. All right. Our next question is from Danielle, who says, well, I'm thankful to still have a job during this crazy time. I've taken on extra work and responsibilities in recent months and feel that I deserve a raise and or promotion. How do you recommend I approach the conversation with my boss, given the circumstances? Ooh, Danielle, that's a tough one. I think it really just depends on how the company is doing. At the end of the day, I think everyone has taken on more roles, more responsibility during this time because of the the economy and the environment, which is something that no one could predict it. But as we move into recovery phase, I think it's important to make your feelings known and also show the work that you've done where you've stepped up. So if you want to go in and ask for a raise or at least approach the conversation, I would approach it as, hey, you know, I love being here, assuming that you do you know, I know it's been a crazy year. I've really stepped up. Here's the different things that I've done and showing that work that you've done that goes over and above the responsibilities that you typically had. And then just saying, look, I really feel like I, you know, I want X, Y, and Z moving forward. Or when we're in a position to, I would love to revisit a promotion or a raise or whatever it might be. I think it's just about being sensitive to the fact that everyone's jumping in and doing a million different things. And if your employer was able to keep you employed, that's also a really amazing thing. That's probably very challenging for them. But Again, it really just depends on your industry, your role, and the size of the company as well. So it's a lot of variables. So I don't have a great answer for you, but I would just say in any situation, anytime anyone asks me, you know, should I ask for a raise or a promotion or whatever, you can't just ask for one. Like you have to have proof of concept, essentially. Why am I valuable? What have I done? What have I done over and above my responsibilities, which is also a great, you know, asset for an employee, but being able to showcase your value to the company and not just saying, well, here it is. I did the bare minimum, just like I was paid to do. And like, you know, I didn't really go over and above and, you know, X, Y, and Z, like that doesn't, is not deserving of a raise. So I just think you have to go in armed with the information and like, make sure they can't say no, because they know how much hard work you put into it. Let's take a quick break to chat about saving money. If you're a routine work party listener, you know that we love to talk about money. It's one of the most requested topics on the show, how to earn it, how to invest it, how to spend it wisely, and of course, how to save it. Every dollar counts when you're trying to save, especially during difficult financial times such as these. Enter the latest money saving hack, digital couponing. And no, I'm not referring to clipping coupons out of newspapers coupons.com now has an app. No clipping, no getting the Sunday paper, and no forgetting your coupons at home. Here's how it works. Download the coupons.com app, tap the cashback offers you want, and upload an itemized receipt after your shopping trip to receive your cashback via PayPal. You can earn cash back from online or in-person shopping trips. There's no minimum amount required to redeem your cash back, and you can use it at almost any store from Whole Foods to 7-Eleven to Target. I'm a saver by nature, so I love to let my savings build and cash out once I've saved enough to cover an entire grocery trip or my favorite bottle of wine. The app has hundreds of coupons to choose from, and they're always adding new ones. The way I see it, grocery shopping is a necessity anyway, so why not get paid to shop the items you're already buying? It's a no-brainer. Download the coupons.com app on your iPhone or Android today. It's completely free and totally easy. 
Again, download the coupons.com app today on the Apple App Store or Google Play and get groceries and get paid. Show your support for our show by giving love to our brand partners. Thanks so much for listening. And now let's get back to the episode. Okay, up next, we're answering a question from Kelly. She asked, what's your best advice for someone who's currently weighing the pros and cons of firing an employee? I've never been in this situation and really struggling with the decision. So I know there's this famous saying like hire slow, fire fast. And I actually think that's really, really accurate. When you're thinking about firing someone, well, first and foremost, it's very hard to fire people, especially here in the the state of California. Like you definitely have to have cause. Like what is the reason for that, that you're firing them? And if it's just, you know, something that is not necessarily a legal cause and it's more just, it's not a good fit or whatever it is. I just think it's worth having conversations with your employees. You know, people are people don't approach it in such a black and white manner. I think going into it and saying, you know, your performance is X, Y, and Z. I'm a big fan of performance plans and giving people the benefit of the doubt to step up, but it really just depends on why you want to fire them. Are they completely not doing their job? Are they, you know, whatever it might be, are they causing problems in your business? Are they losing you money? It really depends on the circumstances, but I think overarchingly, if it's not working, stop trying to make it work and think through what would work for you in that position. So I think it's really specific to the employee once again, but I would just say I've let things linger in the past with employees that definitely weren't a fit for the company or weren't performing at, you know, the level that we need them to. And I just wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. And it probably cost me more money long-term than it would have if I had just fired them. So you have to think about that loss too. So the more you drag it on, the more resources are drained, the more training you have to do again, when you bring someone else on, it's harder for the team to pick back up on that. So I think if you have all the right information that's showing you, this is not working 100%, start working on the firing process, but make sure you have everything buttoned up for that experience or, you know, just have a conversation with someone because the odds are, if it's not working for you, it's probably not working for them. Moving on to our next question from Gia. In general, what are your thoughts on going into business with a spouse or a partner? Okay, here's my feelings on it. My parents are married and have worked together my entire life. So I mean, over 35 years. So basically I grew up with a couple, essentially my parents that worked together and saw all the good things and all the bad things that come along with that. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. You know, there's something about being in business with someone that, you know, so well, you know, they're good, bad, and ugly, right? You're going into it with very open eyes. However, things change, people change. And It all can feel very personal when it is personal. I think if you're going to do it, make sure you have very, very clear operating agreements, roles, structure, that it's extremely built out who makes what decisions, when, where, and how. Because when you don't have clarity or role clarity, that's when problems start to arise. And also think about the worst case scenario. Like it's not fun. It's not sexy, but what happens if we get divorced? What happens if one person does X, Y, and Z? Think through all those scenarios and outline what exactly would happen in those moments so that that way, if it happens, you're prepared and you know what you're getting into. And if it doesn't happen, congratulations, that's amazing. So I think it's just about being prepared, having role clarity and going into it with open eyes, frankly. That is it for listener questions this week. If you have questions, please, please, please slide into our DMs anytime at work party or at Jacqueline R. Johnson. That's J-A-C-L-Y-N-R Johnson. Uh, And I'll give you my best advice on air in a future episode. 
For more inspiring conversations like this one, subscribe to Work Party on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to rate and review us or show us some love on social. We love seeing you tune in every week and share your favorite episodes. We're at Work Party on Instagram and at It's a Work Party on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and this is Work Party. Work Party.